drinks, food, art, fun. This is Hops and Spirits Kentucky. Whiskey Weeks 2022 is rolling on. Hopefully you got to check out Bourbon and Beyond or maybe the Kentucky Bourbon Festival this weekend. If not, I hope you still had a great and wonderful weekend. we got a great and wonderful show for you this week as we talk with Silver Belly Whiskey. We'll explain exactly how they, based out of uh, Nashville, uh, qualifies for Hops and Spirits Kentucky. And it'll all make sense when you hear it. But before we get to that, our news and notes. And since it is Whiskey Weeks, all three are surprisingly or not from the whiskey world. Angels Envy, the Louisville-based distiller that produces finished whiskeys, recently announced that Owen Martin will be joining the company as master distiller. His term begins, or his uh, tenure begins on October 17th. Martin will lead all aspects of production and oversee innovation for Angels Envy, including its annual cast strength program and limited release seller collection and founder collection programs. Martin is the first to appoint a master distiller of Angels Envy since co-founder and master distiller Lincoln Henderson's passing in 2013. Martin will join Angel's Envy from Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey while there he was serving as their head distiller. Four Roses Distillery recently announced the appointment of Abby Martini, I hope I said that right, as its new national brand ambassador and mixologist. Previously, Abby served as a broad market sales manager for the distillery. She will now lead new consumer engagement and amplify brand awareness. She's also responsible for developing and creating the Four Roses cocktail programs for bars, restaurants, and guests at the Four Roses Visitor Center there in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. And like we always do, sometimes we go beyond Kentucky, and our last one does just that. Way back when, in May 2020, Cascade Hollow Distilling Company released its second George Dickel Bottle and Bond and uh, offering. It's an, it was an 11-year-old vintage from fall 2008. Well, guess what? George Dickel is returning to those barrels from fall 08 for its fourth offering in the Bottle and Bond series with Bottled and Bond Fall 2008, aged 13 years. You can find it on shelves for a suggested retail price of $45. Up next is our Q&A with Alan Jackson's. Yes, that Alan Jackson, the country superstar Alan Jackson's Silver Belly Whiskey. We chat with his daughter, author and sommelier Maddie Jackson Selectman, and CEO of Silver Belly Whiskey, Robbie Goldsmith, all from AJ's Good Time Bar in Nashville. Enjoy. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our Q&A as part of Whiskey Weeks 2022, they might be a little bit beyond Kentucky, but you know what? Technically, we'll find out how it does pertain to Kentucky, and I feel like whiskey and bourbon, it all, all pertains to Kentucky when you get to it. We're talking with Robbie Goldsmith, CEO of Silver Belly Whiskey, and Maddie Jackson Selectman, author sommelier, and the daughter of the man that's behind it all. So, guys, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having us. Good to be here. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time. We're talking about Silver Belly Whiskey, which is Alan Jackson's whiskey that he just launched here not too long ago. Now, before we get into the whiskey side of things, the Cliff Notes version, I always preface with Cliff Notes because I know some people can go on and on about themselves, but can you guys give us a little bit of background that won't give too much away maybe as we as we chat? Yeah, you wanna go for it? Go for it. Okay. Um, so as you said, I'm Alan's daughter, um, one of three, and um, kind of just fell into, I'm more on the wine side of things, but fell into uh, the bourbon world sort of by way, I think of just proximity to dad, honestly. like. <laughs> He grew up drinking just whiskey and water and he's a simple guy and that's what he loves and um, has a lot of songs about it. And so 
when I kind of got to that age, I went to school at the University of Tennessee and kind of followed in his footsteps and fell in love with whiskey and bourbon and started kind of just uh, enjoying it, you know, like we all do. And then once I uh, got out of school, I started working in hospitality and fell in love with wine and then went down the whole sommelier track, um, which once you get to a certain level starts to include spirits. And so long story short, when I came back to Nashville, I lived in Texas for a couple of years. I started um, running a wine and spirits program for a local bottle shop because they needed a wine person. It was mostly beer and started really learning from some very educated and passionate collectors and distillers and stuff like that. So that was kind of an accident, but um, kind of just by proximity of, of growing up with a, with a dad who loved it. So it's been a really cool, really cool journey for me and really special to be a part of Silver Belly. Yeah, and I uh, have a marketing background. I also went to University of Tennessee and uh, I have been around the business in a while as a connoisseur um, and a consumer. Uh, and then have had the uh, opportunity to work with the Jackson family and do some marketing there and kind of perfect scenario came about and Silver Belly was created uh, earlier this year. And, and we won't hold it against you that you guys are from Tennessee, went to the <laughs> University of Tennessee. I, I didn't, I don't, I, I live in Lexington now, but I, did, I haven't always grown up a UK fan, so I can't hold too much against anybody, truthfully. <laughs> so, but, that. Uh, now, now, Maddie, you mentioned, you know, you're an author, sommelier, a, you know, you've gone down that route. How did you go that route and maybe not into the music world? I mean, that could have been a, a path you could have taken. Listen, I tear up some karaoke, so let's not <laughs> tell me short here. But no, I always love music. Obviously, that was what our world was growing up. And um, it's just something that I never wanted to do professionally. I think my middle sister definitely has more of a natural skill set um, in terms of singing and playing music. And I'm, I'm not awful. You wouldn't throw beer bottles at me, but I don't think I get a record deal either. So <laughs> I just keep that as something that's fun. And honestly, I think the whole writing thing is something I've always loved. And obviously dad is a very skilled songwriter. And, um, and then, and then the wine stuff too. I mean, it's, it's, I don't mean it to be a stretch, but it's kind of does the same thing music does. It brings people together and tells stories and talks about culture and people. And so I think it all sort of stemmed from, you know, growing up in that music environment, but yeah, I just like to listen to good music while I have good cocktails. So Hey, I totally get that. That's the other podcast to do bar conversations, good music, good, good, yeah, you know, totally. good, good drinks, uh, good times. So I totally understand that. Now you, you mentioned this kind of in your, in your background, but you, you went in kind of down the wine world path. So uh, did you ever try to get your dad to maybe get into the wine business or was he always going to be whiskey since that's his favorite drink? <laughs> My dad, he's never been a wine drinker. Um, he's got one little red wine that he loves. Um, that he'll have occasionally. I think my mom's actually now kind of coerced him onto the rosé train. He said it's fruity enough that it tastes like apple juice, so he'll drink it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he it was interesting. They loved that I, that was a passion of mine and I actually lived in California and worked for a winery and did like the harvest internship, which is the nasty dirty work like in the cellar in the barrel room. So, I know it's not the same as a distillery, but I kind of got a, a first-hand taste of what it looks like to produce a quality beverage like that, you know, and, and just the cost of the barrels and the labor and all that. So that was really cool. But I think his heart has always been, you know, it's always been whiskey. Like he's a, he's a Georgia boy and he loves country music and that's kind of what we do. So I, I think he loved that I was into it. It's been special for us to work on this together, but I think he's a whiskey guy. And now Robbie, 
you kind of mentioned you're a whiskey guy. You kind of, you know, maybe more of a hobbyist collector beforehand. How did you get into this world? Because I know you did a lot of other stuff, hospitality events, things like that. How did you get into being, you know, running, you know, Silver Bell? Yeah, I'm a purebed entrepreneur. So anytime there's a challenge and something you can build from the scratch. And uh, honestly, it was a perfect storm. I had been working with the, the Jackson family for a while doing marketing for the bar here down on Broadway and helping a little bit with the music. And we were in a meeting one time and, and, and saw a bottle and I said, hey, what's that about? Because my marketing company has done liquor marketing for other brands for a while. And uh, uh, Mr. Jackson's manager said, you know, we're looking to do a, a whiskey. And I said, I know a guy. And, uh, <laughs> and so it wasn't soon after I called my people in the liquor world and, uh, and everyone was super excited. So, you know, it was just the right time, the right place, knowing the right people and a lot of hard work. Now, now you, I love how you say, you know, a guy, I feel like anyone in the whiskey world knows a guy that maybe can get him a good bottle, but you actually got him a brand. I mean, I feel like you took it one step further. Yeah. I mean, he obviously, you know, is one of the, the, is the genius behind the brand and all the creative with the the name and everything. Um, but I think, you know, I saw the vision and, and what they kind of wanted to do and, and had the connections. We had the connections up in Kentucky to get a really quality juice made and I think knowing that I could do the marketing side, the branding side to what they wanted, and we had the connections to get the actual juice made and, you know, at, at a high quality, I, I just knew that it would work. And then obviously the name you guys are down at, at his bar, Good Times Bar there in Nashville, you can see the the name of it behind it. Can It's pretty self-explanatory for those that are Alan Jackson fans, but maybe if they don't know the background, can you explain how the name came about? I remember seeing, I mean, two, three pages typed out of, of different name options. I mean, well over a year ago. And, you know, dad's always been really good to run any sort of idea past our family. And so I think me being the only one that really has been in the business and also, you know, the really only one that is a bourbon girl, like uh, he kind of leaned on me to look at what would maybe stand out in the market, but also like be true to him. And no joke, this is not a two to my own horn, but I remember seeing Silver Belly, not even knowing the meaning behind it and being like, this is really cool. What is this? And then he was like, oh, it's the color of the felt of the Setson hat. And that's my signature hat. And I was like, this is like lights out. So honestly, I don't remember what some of the rest of them were, but it was, it was by and large, I think besides the like ripped blue jeans, I mean, that's his signature. And you know, you're not going to call it Wrangler whiskey. So this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as you can see with the, if, if you're watching and not listening to, you can see the hats displayed there prominently. It's not hard to figure out. Uh, and there's more to it. And I'll, I'll ask a little bit about that too, because of how different batches are, are kind of named, but you know, how, why did, you know, Alan, I mean, obviously he, he loves whiskey. He's a whiskey drinker, but why did he maybe want to go into the, the, the whiskey business? Because while it can be lucrative, it is, not exactly an easy one to, to break into. And there's a, there's a, a plethora of options these days. Yeah. I mean, I think it was obviously Maddie can correct me, but I think it was just that that's what he drinks. Right. And he wants to be authentic. Everything that uh, he does is authentic. And that's why he's had the career and the iconic stature that he has is because he's authentic to the core. Um, and a, if it's not that, he's not going to do it. And B, if it doesn't taste good, he's not going to drink it. So, um, yeah, I think that's really, you know, it's it's all about authenticity. I, I definitely know that that's true. And also, you know, he's always said that he credits his career to the fans because he grew up, you know, in a basically two-room home with 
four older sisters and two parents. And as he said, slept in the hall since he was 12. He was, you know, not a man of means until he got his record deal. And I think he says that he's always credited his success and longevity to the people because he keeps his songs true to the working people. And I think with this, it's another way for him to connect to that fan base and connect to the community. And, and this is just something that, you know, he would have done, you know, in his twenties when he was working the night shift at Kmart, you know, and that's what he wants to continue to be for his fans. And I think it's just another way to do that off stage, which is cool. I know that it's cool to connect and it's cool to let them have maybe another side side of him and, and what, what he loves. And, you know, uh, it's not hard to tell that he was probably well involved with the tasting. I'm, I'm guessing uh, you, you can't put your name on it. I don't think he's putting his name on it if he doesn't get to taste it. But how did that process go? Because like anything, everyone wants something that they like, that they think others will like. And sometimes that can take a little while. Yeah, I'll let Maddie finish this one because she was in the, the critical steps at the very end. But, you know, we started doing a tasting here at the bar with the management, with people around here, with the bartenders. Um, we started with 10 different options and started to narrow them down. And then and then we met up at Green River where it's made and said, OK, well, based on some projections to what what you know, what kind of barrels do we have? What's the possibility for volume? Uh, and then we really settled in on a couple options. Really, um, it came down to about three. And then, uh, you know, we luckily sent those over to Maddie and her dad and, and she can take it from there. Yeah, honestly, this was such a fun process. And I remember sitting and we called in the whole the whole squad on this one. Our family, my sisters, my mom was even a champ and she is not a whiskey gal. <laughs> and she tasted all of them and gave her opinion um, and my sister's husband, everybody. So it was really fun. And we just kind of did a blind tasting around the table and had everybody vote. And it, honestly, it was pretty unanimous. I don't remember exactly. I think maybe one or two of the, at that point, six or seven of us maybe picked a different option. But I think, you know, for me, it was not even so much about like, what's my favorite, but like, what's true to what dad really drinks. And I think without throwing out other brand names, because we're not gonna, <laughs> I know what he's always enjoyed. And he likes that simple, easy drinking, you know, with the signature sort of brown sugar, sweet element that bourbon should have, but he doesn't like, you know, a 10, 15, your aged bourbon. It's just not his style. He wants something light that he can drink with a splash of water, you know, on a real hot day on the lake or at Christmas time. So I think this serves that purpose extremely well. I think it's everything that he would just enjoy neat or with water, but also like we've done some work with fun cocktails and it's fabulous for that. It's just super versatile. And it's very important for us too. We've been on the road with him all year long, right? We're presenting a tour and we're talking to his fans and he's got 7 million fans. And not all 7 million are going to be are going to be bourbon whiskey drinkers. So while the trend right now in the bourbon whiskey world is to give these super high proofs, right? 120, 125, straight out of the barrel. Um, we knew that if we come out with something lower proof that we could get his fan base behind, we can do the fun stuff. And we do have some plans for some cool stuff down the road um, as a connoisseur myself. You know, there's some stuff that we want to do with our friends, but we needed the baseline product to be. Um, something that's very approachable at a, at a super approachable price point. I was going to say, I mean, to me, I, I love that, you know, because not everyone's going to want it up, up there. I mean, I, I came in on the deep end on, on, on all of that, and I, that's kind of where I love. But for most, it sounds like it's an everyday working person's whiskey that's versatile. Like you said, you can put in a cocktail, splash of water, maybe just some, some Coke, a mixer, or, or neat. And I think that sounds exactly like what your dad would want, right, Maddie? Totally. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and the price, the proof of 91, 
why not go down lower if you're, you know, like the eighties where you see a lot start out, but I feel like that's nicely, maybe just a little bit elevated. Is that kind of how you got to 91, so to speak? Yeah. And I mean, I remember from our side, um, we actually, the original mash we sent was an 86 and, uh, he actually did think it was a little too sweet and obviously being a whiskey drinker, you gotta have a little heat there. So I had the idea of just up it to 91, 1991 also happens to be the year where his number ones really started kicking in. People really started to, you know, he became a worldwide thing. Um, so it, it just kind of plays in the story. But then when we sent back the second round at 91 over 86, that's when they were like, yeah, this is, this is the one. <laughs> well, and he also mentioned the price point. Cause I love that it's right around $40, which you really don't see a lot of these days when it comes to new whiskeys coming on the market, especially if it's maybe in collaboration with a distillery and you guys are working on, you know, normally it's, or higher, maybe in the hundreds and two hundreds. So why was that price point so important too? Because I'm guessing that allows more people to actually have it at their house and enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what kind of Maddie talked about is we knew that we first of all did a, did a a lot of research and there's a lot of other celebrity bourbons and whiskeys out there right now that are in that 70, 80, $90 price point. And we wanted to avoid that because like Maddie said, her dad is all about the working class person and we want, we don't want to alienate any of his fans. And I feel like if we, we thought if we could get sub 40 for our base product, that would build that bridge to, you know, this is a, this is a blue collar, a blue collar bourbon whiskey. Well, and you know, you, you mentioned um, working with the Green River Distillery up in Owensboro. What was that like? You know, Jacob Call and, and company up there are doing some really amazing things. How, how was it working with them? And did you ever ask for maybe a few more samples just to make sure you had had the right kind of whiskey? <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. They've been amazing from the start. Uh, the Green River team is phenomenal. Obviously, you know, they're part of the Bardstown family there, and we're super excited about the opportunities that will come there. Um, but yeah, they were from the start to finish, they were super accommodating for everything. You know, I think everyone there at the factory and at the distillery is a huge fan of Alan. So that was awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were great. I mean, we had boxes of samples of all different types of super rare ones that they don't have out of normal mash bills. You know, ours is kind of a heritage blend. Um, and, uh, they, I couldn't say enough good things about them. And, and, this brand happened fast. This was not a couple of years in the process. This was a quick to market and for Green River to be able to push the timelines on certain deadlines of stuff that needed. Uh, yeah, they were phenomenal. And, you know, I think one of the coolest things with this project for, for y'all is, is how you guys are releasing it, kind of commemorating things uh, of Alan's career. Can you talk a little bit about that? Different songs, different batches and how that works. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the most unique things about us is unlike most bourbon whiskeys that are batched, right? Usually about every 4,000 cases, you'll get a new batch number that will signify where it came from and what it is. Uh, We decided to chart ours. And by chart, we mean, you know, Alan Jackson has 35 number one songs over the course of his career. So every 4,000 cases, we rolled out with a different chart, starting with the 1990 hit Here in the Real World, which was his first number one. And uh, so eventually we will have 35 different bottles, uh, different labels, all with the same mash bill inside of them, uh, but a great way to commemorate his entire career um, from start to finish. And Maddie, how cool is is that? I mean, to to see that be able to, you know, something collectible to some, but others just something cool to, you know, maybe uh, explain a little bit about Alan to their friends when, when they get to pull out that bottle. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome. It just goes back to, again, just the social nature of whiskey and music and all of that. And it's like, once you start to collect these different number one hits, I mean, put the song on and drink that bottle. Like, that's so cool. And you may be introducing, you know, the whiskey or even dad's music to someone new. And just to have that, like, full circle experience is super awesome. And just selfish plug they call me the here in the real world, baby. It went number one the month before I was born. So like, I'm here for that being the first bottle. Yeah. Um, uh, he actually tells a story on stage at every show about how that was the point of his life where they were having Maddie and, and it was going to make it or break it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it was good. And selfishly, I can't wait for drive bottle to come out. Cause that's my favorite song. And Maddie's the star of that music video. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's a really cool aspect that we put a twist on it that um, his fans and non-fans can all appreciate. And, and you touched on this. Obviously, this is hopefully just the start of something that can maybe grow. What's kind of the hope with with all of this? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you can kind of keep it simple and go with it. But it sounds like uh, you guys have maybe a little bit more that you'd like to, to bring out and showcase of, of things that you all enjoy that you can maybe elevate a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh, obviously will keep it true to what the vision is for him. Um, but there's going to be some fun stuff. You know, we want to make it to where obviously we have a base product for everyone that's a great drinker, but also we understand the the market economics of the bourbon world and the whiskey world. And so we've been looking at some other projects for some higher proof things, some limited releases, um, hopefully start next year that we can come out and just, uh, I mean, just have fun with it, right? Like it's it's a cool brand, it's, it's whiskey, it's not a super serious thing. And it's as long as we're staying true to the name and the brand and to his career, um, we're going to have some fun with it and come out with some stuff that we think people are going to really, really enjoy. Because at the source of it all is a great distillery, obviously a great state producing it. Um, and being here in Nashville, you know, I feel like we have a great combination to make it happen. I was going to say, Maddie, are you going to bring in a little, some, go find some good wine barrels, get some nice little finishes going on there? <laughs> oh, there's been a lot of crossover with that. I think that could be a cool element for sure. I like it. I love, I love it. I love it. And, Obviously, it's available down there at, at AJ's Good Times Bar in Nashville. If you can't tell, like I said on the video, there's a few bottles behind him. Just a few bottles to make sure that it, no one misses out. But where else is it available right now, and how can folks uh, get a hold of one? Yeah, absolutely. We have over 200 retail locations in Tennessee. Uh, we're in 15 states, including Kentucky, uh, rolling out this week in Texas as, uh, as Alan plays Austin and Dallas this weekend. We've been following the tour, so where he's played this year, um, we roll out in those states. So we are in 15 states. We expect to be in about 25, hopefully by the end of the year, and then finishing off to go nationwide early in 2023. And if I'm correct, you can, in some states that do have the, the laws that allow shipping, I think it was a C-Box or Cellbox that uh, they can also maybe check there to, to see if it's available. Yeah, if you want to go to silverbellywhiskey.com, you can find a, a couple online retailers that if your state allows it, it will, uh, it will ship to you. And, and I guess my last question is, is who's driving that van around all, all the time? Who, who's, who got the lucky job of driving the Silver Belly Whiskey van? And can you tell a little bit about it? The whiskey wagon is literally out front right now of the bar. Uh, when we get done with this podcast, I'm loading up and driving to Austin for the concert. This weekend. <laughs> um, we have a driver. We call him our bootlegger. Um, and uh, he, uh, he has the luxury of driving around and that, that thing is incredible. And granted, it's just a, a nice decked out 21 foot sprinter, but I can't even go to a gas station without someone coming up, trying to take a picture with it, telling us how big of a fan they are of Alan Jackson. And uh, it's, it's really cool. It's a special thing. We'll have it as, as long as he's on tour, we'll have it out there on the road. 
I was going to say, how long is he going on tour, Maddie? I know this is getting close to the end, but I mean, I also know how how some of those go too. (laughs) I've only seen the dates you've seen. So I know he's got several more weekends throughout the course of the fall and I don't know what's in for 2023. Well, I I appreciate it, Robbie, Maddie. This was a a blast. I can't wait to see, you know, where Silver Belly goes from here. And it sounds like it's a cool story and one that people should check out. Thanks, Jonathan, so much. Thank you, Jonathan. Talk to you soon.